0: to this victorious episode of nhr podcast back with us is the kyle montgomery kyle hi hi
1: oh my god we won we won the (laughs) playoff game the broncos won the broncos won. they're not losers anymore i don't have to live another year of my life waiting for next year the broncos won a playoff game yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it was an exciting game uh it got a little Towards towards the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, I was like, "What? Not again!" But there was really never a moment. But um, the
1: Broncos won. Actually, there
0: was never a moment that there was there was ever any doubt that the Broncos would win
1: um, there that was division. Peeing my pants? Are you kidding me? There was doubt. <laughs> there was doubt because we lived through that. We were up by seven a year ago. We were up by seven with three minutes to go, and we choked and we lost. There was doubt. There was worry. The, all the momentum was on the Chargers' side. But Adam Gase, and Peyton Manning, and Julius Thomas didn't let it happen. Go Broncos!
0: So Peyton Manning post game, in the post conference, we'll get back to the actual game in a second. But post conference, did you notice how many times he mentioned how good Adam Gase's uh,
1: play calling was? In yeah, that, he's last year. Yeah, we we quoted him a couple times. You almost wonder if he's trying to get Adam Gase a job. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's like he's like Cleveland. This is your guy. What? Why do you want to get rid of Adam Gase already? <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I think you'd rather keep Adam Gase around. I mean, he did break every record ever with Adam Gase as his coordinator. But I, mean, I, I honestly think maybe he was just jabbing at Mike McCoy, honestly. I mean, maybe that was just an extra little uh, comment. McCoy, I really loved Adam Gase's play calling. It was an aggressive play calling. I really liked it. Like, burn, Mike McCoy. You just lost. Now eat that, too.
0: Yeah, he was, like, trolling Mike McCoy. I might, that totally could have been the case. Um, originally... I had thought that he wasn't a fan of Adam Gaze for whatever reason. I don't know if that was my own opinion or just from hearing from random people that were associated with the organization.
1: But yeah, they seem to be getting along uh I guess historically. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I had never heard anything but positive things about Adam Gaze. I heard a lot of people thought he was ready and uh he was just waiting for that opportunity, and he got it this year. He he ran with it. I mean, you have to give him some credit. I mean, it's Peyton Manning. It's Wes Walker. It's Louis Vasquez. It's, it's the additions of these players and a lot of talent. But Adam Gase did a heck of a job just the same.
0: One guy who might have gone on a maybe a duds list would be Eric Decker. I knew you were going to say Eric Decker. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's... Not playing like his contract's up in three games or two games now. <laughs> yeah,
1: he just derped all over the field. That's it was Eric Derper. He he had he just. I mean, there were three three brutal plays. There were three brutal plays. There was the trip. I mean, that was that was a great play. You you have to take yeah. the overwhelming positive with it. It was a great play. It set us up with a great field position, but we didn't score off of it because he tipped up a football that got intercepted later. A you know football that hit him right in the numbers, and then the The end of the game, the uh, onside onside kick, yeah. The onside kick failure. Eric Decker was the one. I won't say dud. I'll say derp. He was the one derp on the Broncos. Well, there there was another one, Omar Bolden too, with that uh, unnecessary push in the back. The Broncos just didn't execute. We'll we'll talk about that with the Patriots game. We'll talk about the Patriots game after the break. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate our victory right now. But uh, the Broncos missed a lot of points. They left a lot of points out on the field and. Uh, they can't do that against the Patriots.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I mean, you're talking about Decker. That's possible. I mean, if you put it in complete context, that's 21 points. Mm-hmm. He had a touchdown hit him in the chest. He had a kick return for a touchdown. And then the the onsides kick turned into score for the Chargers eventually. I, I can't really blame him on the onsides kick. Like, that's just a who knows, you know, you, you give a guy that same, you give Demarius Thomas that same thing nine times out of 10, who knows what, what he ends up with. So I can't blame him necessarily for the onside kick. And Jan was saying off the air, well, I, I think anybody who watched the game might've saw uh, Nick Novak's statistics for onside kick. He's just kind of uh, a legend. Like he's, I think he had four of them this season that were successful out of like six uh, attempts. So he's actually a
1: really good, option at onside kicking it was a perfect placement it was nice and high it gave his players time to get there and for them to hit eric decker right as he got it uh, yeah, they executed it well but if eric decker jumps up there he's at the hands team he's supposed to have the best hands on the team so uh you got you gotta crit- critique him a little bit for fumbling that
0: yeah exactly and if you're mike mccoy do you go after that score do you go for an
1: onside kick again Oh, instead of what he did. I mean, Mike McCoy's a conservative person. We know that he's a conservative play caller from our suffering for the past year. He'll run it six times instead of you know trying trying to kill some seconds off the clock instead of converting the first down. Um, I wasn't surprised yeah. to see them uh, kick it after that touchdown. I wasn't surprised by that at all. He he is not aggressive. He's an offensive play caller, but he's not aggressive.
0: And I I blame uh, John Fox a lot for, for
1: those type of calls,
0: thinking that it was you know. More Fox's philosophy, but it seems like it was Mike McCoy. And, and just observing the Chargers as they got hot towards the end of the season and, and went, you know, six and six and zero to finish off the the last six games of the season, I started seeing like, oh man, this looks exactly like the offense from last year.
1: Yeah, well, he, he certainly revitalized and probably saved Philip Rivers' career in San Diego. There were people who were talking about getting rid of him that they didn't want him anyway. He had a couple of bad years. Mike McCoy did wonders with Philip Rivers, and you know Philip Rivers had the second best season for a quarterback in 2013. If Peyton Manning doesn't break every record in the book, um, he's in the conversation for MVP. And that that was yeah. a phenomenal job, and that was really you know what what gave him the opportunity to be in the playoffs at all. That and some really bad officiating.
0: <laughs> um and, yeah, Ryan Matthews is another guy, he gets his career re- revitalized, and, and they they had some hard, you know, they lose Malcolm Floyd, they lost uh gosh, what's his name? Right in the tra- in training camp. Dontari Alexander, um former Bronco. <laughs> um you know, they have some if they get a player like Eric Decker in um in free agency, they might
1: be they might be scary. I was wondering about that actually, that very name because it's somebody that McCoy knows. And so far, Mike McCoy is following the Denver Broncos offseason from a year ago, get to the divisional round, uh, lose the divisional game, lose your offensive coordinator, promote your quarterback coach, sign a very high profile wide receiver, and then win a playoff game. I mean, he's, he's trying to follow it. Uh, maybe he'll find success if he gets someone like Decker.
0: Well, that I mean, the drafting of Keenan Allen was just on point. That guy ended up being, you know, top, I put him in my top 10 as far as receivers uh, this season,
1: regardless of whether he's a rookie or not. Uh, Uh, Yeah, he had a top 10 year. He's probably going to be offensive rookie of the year thanks to his late push. We'll see. Um, He he was a phenomenal find. What what was he like, the 15th wide receiver taken, if not deeper? I can't remember. Pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, he was just, and and soon, I mean, did you, have you seen the All 22 tape yet or not
1: yet? For this game? Not not this game. I, I don't think, I don't know anybody who saw Chris Harris get injured. Right, I actually wanted to, to bust that in just to look at it. I tried to find it uh, from the TV footage, and it was not shown. Uh, there was nothing you could see at all about how Chris Harris got injured. But I found the play where he got injured. It was Keenan Allen's first catch. He was in there, and then from the rest of the game, he was not suited up at all. So you assume that he got hurt on that play somehow, off off camera.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then I didn't know what to it's, it's with the With the beat writers, you never know what... Whether they're being fed information, whether they're observing it, or whether they're you know being fed disinformation, so you know there was the the immediate reaction, oh he's out for a year, and then there's another person saying immediate reaction, oh he's not that bad. So we didn't know what to think coming into the beginning part of the week, and and of course since then we now know that Chris Harris, not only Chris Harris, Derek Wolfe is also on injured reserve, and the Broncos have signed member like of the enemy.
1: Cool. Marquise Marquise Cole, a former Patriot, um, you know, pretty classic move that the NFL teams do. The Colts did it last week. It didn't exactly help them. Um, So it's not a huge move, but the Broncos needed cornerback help. John Fox talked about it Wednesday in his press conference. He said, you know, he he was a guy who could help us. He was signed. I mean, he says he was signed for the physical reasons for death, for the fact that the Broncos lost Chris Harris. But, you know, it doesn't hurt that he might know a thing or two about the Patriots' playbook and what they might do. To you know, try to confuse or beat Peyton Manning. And at this point in the year, when you're in
0: the playoffs, like you're dealing with a lot of issues. Just signing people because there's a lot of people with future contracts. It's just not a not a huge pool anymore. You got eight eight nine players per team have now been signed to future contracts. So That takes away, you know, do the math, multiply by thirty two. That many players from the pool. So so it's it's slim pickings for for anybody to pick up anybody at this point. And the Broncos activated um,
1: fifth round pick from the, from the back S- the oh, squad. Sixth round pick, Maybe sixth round six pick. round pick Vincent Painter this year. Uh, offensive lineman and that really happened because the 49ers were interested they actually tried to sign him from the broncos practice squad Uh, and vincent painter said well you know uh this is happening guys do you guys want to sign me and the broncos decided to stick with the draft pick what do you remember um about vincent painter from training camp he's
0: gigantic Uh,
1: honestly i mean just honestly from training camp he was pretty bad he got beat a lot and it was no surprise to me that it did not make the roster, you know. even though he was a draft pick. I will say this, though. Chris Clark looked dreadful in training camp, and he's been phenomenal this year. He's yeah. the biggest surprise to me in the 2013 season is the fact that we lost Ryan Clady, and Chris Clark hasn't missed a beat. I mean, he's been played extremely well. That is the biggest surprise of this season for me based on training camp because Chris Clark in the preseason, Chris Clark in camp was um, a weakness. The, the weak link in the chain
0: and you can either chalk that up to actual talent or the fact of the guy the talent level of the guys that he was facing Derek wolf sean phillips robert ayers and these guys are are not necessarily bad <laughs>
1: defensive ends maybe he's just i mean it, it's hard to to gauge the talent of an offensive lineman for game day from practice. I mean, it's hard because it's one-on-one situations. If he gets beat on one-on-one, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get beat on game day. It's different technique, um, full pads more often in practice. just, um, um, several different variables. Chris Clark has been phenomenal. So the, the lesson from that, that I take away is, well, Vincent Painter was bad at camp. It doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be a bad pick forever and, uh, good for him for making the team.
0: I, yeah. I, I highly doubt he's active. Anyway, but um, I get oh, yeah, a, a yeah. popular, popular question on on Twitter. I think, and you could probably address this is, um, Eric Decker is is returning punts, but you still have Trendon Holiday back at kick returner. Yeah, keep why, it do you, why do you think Why do you think the Broncos are doing that though?
1: Well, they're doing that because they don't trust Trendon Holiday, and that's I mean, especially in that crosswind that they had. It was a different wind than what the Broncos faced against the Patriots. I mean, that that was very um, with the wind or against the wind game. This one was more of a crosswind, and that just was another variable where the Broncos did not trust Trindon Holiday with punt returns. He hasn't he hasn't been um, a safe bet returning punts for most of the season since about week three or four when he had a couple of returns for touchdowns. He's been bad ever since. Uh, so they gave it to someone more sure-handed, and Eric Decker did just fine. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos stick with that. Uh, the rest of the way.
0: And what do you, what do you separate this win in the divisional round from the last time the Chargers were at home against the Broncos in what was it Week 15? What was the, what
1: was the what was the difference in the teams? Well, there were several. For one thing, the Broncos um, knew what the Chargers were going to do. I, I say I was I was surprised that the Chargers didn't change their game plan more. And this was the Chargers' game plan. They did it twice in a row. It worked the first time. It didn't work the second time. And their game plan was milk the clock. Wind down that play clock down to the last second every single play. And that's what Philip Rivers did. He did it the first time, and it worked. It, it worked because they were able to just make enough plays to stay on the field and keep Peyton Manning off the field. They dominated time of possession. I thought that Mike McCoy might cleverly decide to play a little bit of hurry-up offense early, get the Broncos... You know, caught off guard, and they didn't. They stuck with their game plan, and the Broncos were ready. They, they knew that they had time to set, prepare for the play, and do everything they could to get the Chargers off the field. They knew how important third downs were this time because they knew the Chargers game plan. That added importance to third downs uh, made a lot of a difference.
0: What bothered me about... I, mean, I I guess I'm, I'm looking at the game from a Chargers perspective, and this used to bother me back when, when, when Kyle <laughs> it bothered me when Kyle Orton was the quarterback with the Broncos. They would run the two minute offense, just phenomenal. And and the Chargers, Philip Rivers runs, you know, when they got that onside kick, they ran that offense, that hurry up offense so well, and they scored. And I'm like, as a as a fan, I'm like, why don't you just run that more often, a la the Denver Broncos? Like it's working. I know you. You, you, you gotta be taken into account, like the fatigue of your players or whatever. But like this is this is the playoffs.
1: It's 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 lose and go home. I don't remember Philip Rivers doing the no huddle. I mean, you might be right. I don't remember it either way. Uh, so that's interesting. And that's just coaching. I mean, that's Ken Wisenhunt is the offensive coordinator, and I never remembered him being a no huddle guy either. So that, that probably has a large part to do with it. With that, that guy game, coached. Like <laughs> so that guy coached Kurt
0: Warner, Ben Roethlisberger, one other person I'm forgetting right now who was a phenomenal quarterback. I'm not going to say Phil Rivers. It was someone different. But yeah, and now <laughs> well, he did coach. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> but now he's uh, now he's the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, I think, which might be a dark horse candidate for Eric Decker.
1: I think that guy. I mean, everybody's a candidate for Eric Decker. He's. A- talented guy who scores a lot of touchdowns. He has, he holds the Broncos record, franchise record for most touchdowns in his first three seasons. He holds it for the first season and the first two seasons and the first three seasons. Uh, so he's, he had a heck of a run in Denver and, you know, maybe the Broncos will keep him around, but it doesn't seem like he's as high priority as someone say, Dominic Rogers, Cromarty. right.
0: Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, Bubba Caldwell is also a um, free agent. <laughs> <laughs> um they got some people in the practice squad they have you should know him what's his name from ASU receiver
1: oh yeah Jarrell Robinson
0: yeah Jarrell Robinson they saw Greg Orton on the I can't remember I don't think they have Greg Orton anymore in the practice squad but he's he's a camp hero um <laughs> but yeah uh Jarrell Robinson get him in he's he's Brock Osweiler's favorite target Something happens I'm – not, I'm not even going to mention something happening to the great Peyton Manning. Just prior to the game, um, there was a report from Chris Mortensen of ESPN that, that Peyton Manning, no matter what happened in the playoffs, would be back for 2014 pending his annual March physical. And this is actually a cause for concern for some fans. But the the March physical is not that abnormal anyway. Um, it's it's kind of weird that it would your contract would be dependent on it, but but Peyton has a physical every March, as does I would say every other player. Um, I don't know that it's built into people's contracts that if they have an injury that they're you know cut, but um, Peyton Manning is one of those players. And if he, if he contractually if he were to have an injury to the same spots where he had injuries prior to coming to the Broncos, he would then not be paid for the following season. If he has a separate injury to somewhere else. Um, His contract would become fully guaranteed. He may go on IR. And the Broncos have like a $10 million insurance policy against that, I believe.
1: Would they be paying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was something that Peyton Manning wanted to add in. I mean, when they signed Peyton Manning back in 2012, Peyton Manning said, I wanted to protect any team from any risk of injury right away. I mean, if you go back to eight months ago, no one was really sure Peyton Manning really could play. It was, he's been cleared to play. Now let's see him on the practice field. Let's watch him in preseason. Oh dear God, Peyton Manning just got hit. Oh dear God, he got up. Oh dear God, we're okay. I mean, that, that's where we were 18 months ago. So that was his, you know, gracious move to spare the Broncos from any kind of a liability there. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's good. That that's why he has a March physical. That's that's why that happens. Um, I really think that whole report from ESPN was just sensationalized to get hits. Peyton Manning will be back pending a physical. Well, of course he'll be back pending a physical. We know this already. <laughs> the only news was that Peyton Manning intends to play uh, in the 2014 season, and that's exciting.
0: Yeah, how, how, let's say everything goes right. Let's say everything goes right in 2014. I like would talking that.
1: Yeah. You do or you don't? No, I do. I, I like okay. this hypothetical you have going on here.
0: It's, so, it's, it's nice. Well, okay, so as a quarterback – He is now. Let's say everything goes completely right this season. Everything goes completely right next season. As a quarterback, he now has three Super Bowl wins. Which now you have an actual. You know, you you can't use the Tom Brady Super Bowl argument against him anymore because they both have three Super Bowl wins. Um, He's got one more than a lot of people. John Elway had two. Uh, Do you think he comes back for that fifth year, where he could become? You know, you put him. You win four Super Bowls, and now you're in Joe Montana. Terry Bradshaw. Uh, I can't believe we just put them in the same sentence.
1: (laughs) That would be his fourth year with the Broncos. I mean, he would be considering his fourth year. Next year is his third. So he wins everything this year, and he wins everything next year. He's finished three years, and he's looking at his fourth year with the Broncos. We all thought he would play three to four years. Um, It just depends on how he feels. I mean, we really can't speculate on that because a million different things could happen between then and now. He's 37 years old right now. He'll be... 38 this time next year when he's contemplating something like that approaching 39 which means that next year he's nearly 40 at that point yeah i mean but but, but on the other hand he's 37 years old and he's playing the best football any quarterback in the nfl has ever played Mm -hmm. so there's an argument on both sides and it's gonna be up to him how he feels he's broke the yeah he's broke the
0: touchdown record now twice He's, yeah, but he's he's at a level. I mean, it it was like this with Elway. Elway got, Elway started playing, it seemed like his best football towards the end of his career, but I guess you can make an argument for like 1987, the year that he won MVP. Um, But but yeah, Peyton's playing at a level unlike anybody. Got got Tom Brady's back with Josh McDaniels and still not producing what he was producing back when he had Randy Moss on the team in 2007. All right. Um, Two things. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Patriots more um, after the break. Just prior to the break, I want to talk about a conversation that we had amongst the, the MHR staffers, which was um, with – you mentioned Chris Clark earlier. With Chris Clark, you now have kind of a decision because the Broncos, as it stands right now at this moment, have $10.6 million available for free agency. you got Ryan Clady coming back, costing $8 million. You have Chris Clark, and you have Orlando Franklin. Do you is this the year and 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 Zayn Beatles is a free agent at the end of this season? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a scenario? I mean, there was that talk right before training camp that that Orlando Franklin would switch over to guard, a six foot eight, three hundred pound guard. I don't know that that exists, but when your quarterback's six foot seven, you're okay, (laughs) probably with the six foot eight guard. But it's just and you got uh, Louis Vasquez playing at such a high position, such a high level. Um, earning, he won an All-Pro this year, right? He's an All-Pro. Yeah, he's a he's Pro famous. Bowler. Yeah, he's in, he's a Pro Football Writers of America All-Pro. There you go. That's more important than the actual All-Pros, to be
1: honest. To some, to some people, yeah. <laughs> to
0: the to the writers who watch the games every day and every week, um, can you imagine a scenario? I and mean, Chris Clark just got re-signed to somewhere.
1: Yeah. Like he's not a free agent. He's. I mean, yeah, these guys are all signed. I mean, Ryan Clady just got paid, and then he got hurt. Are you asking me, can you see a scenario where the Broncos part ways with Ryan Clady? Is that what you're asking?
0: I know he's your favorite player, so I wasn't going that's, that's, that's the <laughs> thing. That, uh, that's what I think you're getting at,
1: and he is my favorite player. He's been my favorite player for a while. But I'm not blind to the fact that Chris Clark has played amazing, and it costs a lot less than Ryan Clady. I'm not blind to that at all. If the Broncos can find a trade partner, then that's the only way to get rid of him. They, they do not release a pro bowler slash all pro left tackle. Yeah. You just no. do not do that. And you have to credit Peyton Manning for some of Chris Clark's success. Right. I would feel, I would feel better. Like when Peyton Manning retires, if Ryan Clay is still on, I feel better about Brock Osweiler's chances or whoever chances uh, than I do right now. with Chris Clark. It's just, I, I don't have as much faith in Chris Clark after 11 games as I do Ryan Clady after 50. Well, met,
0: I mean, we did draft Vincent Painter, didn't I mean? Arguably, I guess at the time we did have a spot in our depth chart for a, another tackle. Since then, just because of the the injuries that's the center position, we've kind of filled in between Winston Justice and Steve Valos. Like there's there's people who can play pretty much every lineman position now on the roster. It made made Painter a little bit expendable, but I don't know that you draft. I guess you you don't draft a fifth round left tackle and hoping that one day he takes over either. But it's worked out. No, No, you you draft high for your left tackles.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Kyle says no on the trade. I am indifferent, as I think a trade partner would be likely, given that uh, Brian Clady is signed for the next three seasons. Um, He's $8 million next year, and he he just gets a little bit cheaper every year. It
1: seems this was the year he got paid, and uh, he got paid on the pine. (laughs) That's a good contract. That's unlike most contracts. Most contracts are backloaded. So the, if that's the, true, Bron- it's
0: the Broncos do really, that's one thing you could say about this regime. Other than the fact that they seem to find incredible talent in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, um, or fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh rounds, um, they, their contracts are just really. Well done. You know, like we got Wes Welker. Does Wes Welker want to come back next year? All right, but do the Broncos want him back? Okay, if we don't, we're not going to lose any dead money on him. And then we're still dealing with like the the previous regime's uh, dead money and Elvis Dumervil and um, players like that to the point where we only have ten million dollars available. For, I think we need. Like by rule, you have to have eight million dollars um, free to sign your draft picks. So this could be a long, <laughs> interesting free agency. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the Patriots And uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Patriots we got some more some more, uh isms Coming up after the break it Stick it around in lolos, Still taking my time to perfect the beat And I still got love for the streets It's the the last time you heard from me, I lost some friends Well, hell Me and Snoop, we dipping again Kept my ear to the streets Signed M&M, he's triple I'm Doing 50 a week Still, I stay close to the heat even when I was close to the feet, I rose to my feet. My life's like a soundtrack, I wrote to the beat. Street rap like Cali weed, I smoke till I'm sleep. Wake up in the a.m., compose a beat. I bring the fire till you're soaking in your seat. It's not a fluke, it's been tried, I'm the truth. Since turn out the lights from the world-class wrecking crew. I'm still at it, after mathematics. In the home of drive-bys and academics, swap beats, Sticky green and bad traffic, I dip through, then I get beat. the am representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting them corners in the mohloes, girl. Still, taking my time to perfect the beat, And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRB. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still, hitting them corners in the mohloes, girl. Welcome back to NHR Radio Podcast, Episode 22. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, is Kyle. Welcome back. The, the C.J.
1: Anderson episode. C.J. Anderson episode. I a preseason had, oh. darling episode. Now we're in the postseason, and he's on the roster, so what do you know? I guess people were right. <laughs> uh, a little bit of breaking news. The Denver Broncos have signed Eli
0: Manning. For the game against the uh, New England Patriots. (laughs) Ooh, smart. Ooh, this is clever. (laughs) Just in time. Uh, He'll be be assisting
1: Peyton uh, throughout the rest of the game. (laughs) Will he come in in the fourth quarter if the Broncos... Oh, I'm just kidding. In Peyton we trust. In Peyton we trust.
0: (laughs) We don't need Eli Manning. Maybe in three years we need Eli Manning. We don't need Eli Manning now. (laughs) Um, So, another question that's been heavily asked over the last uh, couple of days is we Raheem Moore has been information, disinformation, official releases, all types of stuff floating around about him.
1: Uh, what have you heard, Kyle? Well, there was an interesting report out of our sister blog, the Green Bay Packers blog, Acme Packing Company. And uh, the writer there has a source close to Raheem personally who – informed us that Raheem believes he's done for the season. So that's the account as it was told to me. I exchanged several emails with him before I posted it on my high report. I wanted to feel a little bit more comfortable with it than just, you know, it's just it's just a blog. I don't know this person personally. And we went out on a limb and are reporting it. I'm reporting it based on two things, that exchange of emails and the content of his report, and also the fact that the Broncos didn't activate Raheem Moore. The Broncos just placed two players on IR. It was the perfect time to activate Raheem Moore, and they didn't do it. Now, Raheem Moore is not on IR, so clearly the Broncos believe he might be ready for the Super Bowl. That's what I believe, anyway. Um, but according to some people close to Raheem, he thinks or they think he's done.
0: And then officially, he's being listed as day to day by John Fox. And there's been, you know, reporters that. That are trustable saying you got Vic. Should I
1: call out names or not? We have. <laughs> yeah, if they tweet it publicly, they have their name on it. Vic Lombardi has said that Raheem thinks he's ready to go. So there are conflicting reports.
0: We got uh, Renan Nataro, Ren Know It All on Twitter is a um, evening drive time. I don't know what you would, that that time slot would be called, but he's um, on, on Mile High Radio also reporting the same thing. It's it's. You know, the information, disinformation, I would – I mean, if I were the Broncos, I would make the Patriots think that he is not healthy if he's good to go. And if he's good to go, I would – or if he's not good to go, I would make him – the Patriots think that he's healthy. So it's hard to read in between the lines on this
1: one. Uh, That's the Bronco- but, but, but the one thing that prevents him from doing that is that they would have to activate him. I mean, he, he needs to practice a game before the Broncos play him. If he doesn't practice this week, he's not playing this week. I don't think there's any way the Broncos will – Activate him on a Saturday and play him on a Sunday without any practice. That's just impossible in my mind. So I don't think the Broncos are playing games this week. But I think super- they,
0: I think they have they have like a I think it's what two they have like three or four days where they can float him though, or maybe they maybe they have the whole week to float him um, coming back, or maybe they maybe they have longer. I, I'm not actually sure what the rules are because we've never had a player come back from from uh, injured reserve, we lost, we lost, um, we lost uh, Willis McGehee. And if we hadn't lost the game, he, he possibly could have come back uh, right.
1: in the, the championship game, but we weren't, we weren't playing in it last and season. is a new process. We're not, we've never had been exposed to it. It's only been around for two years. So, but Yeah,
0: you're right. Just uh, Raheem Moore, you know, as, as talented as he is, he's not Ronnie Lott. He's not Steve Atwater. Um,
1: he's not, he's not coming in without practice and, and contributing very highly. I'm I'm not putting all of my faith in the report from our sister blog. With all respect to them, I think they might be right, but I think they might be wrong. So I'm still in a wait and see mode. It was just an interesting story that was worth considering. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I mean the secondary, we the the team lost Chris Harris um, last week. We have a different scenario in the secondary than than we had last time we saw the Patriots. Champ Bailey is back, and and arguably, in my opinion, is is playing. You know, at a top level over the slot, and in this is in a uh, nickel corner. He, he led the team in tackles last week. You didn't see a receiver catch a ball on him hardly. Uh, we have Dominic Rogers Cromartie, who they only had for a half of the Patriots game. And we have a third corner, which, you know, who yet. Is yet to be announced. It could be Quentin Jammer if they go the veteran route. It could be Kayvon Webster, whom the Patriots seemed to pick on last week. Who would who would you put? Like, let's say, just to play devil's advocate. Keep Champ Bailey at, at uh, nickel. He's going to cover Danny Amendola.
1: Who would you put at like the that second corner spot, Kyle? Huh? No, that's really the question, though. I mean, even taking—I don't want to assume that. I don't assume that the Broncos will keep Champ Bailey at nickel corner. For one thing, he's listed as left corner on the depth chart, number one left corner, which is the primary corner. Um, He basically usurped Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie on the on the depth chart on the team's depth chart, which is one hint that the Broncos are going to just start him. Yeah, and I'm comfortable with that. I mean, we've been debating in a Mile High Report a lot this week. There, we wrote two articles just about this. And Bronco Mike did a fantastic job. Blah, sorry, did a fantastic job breaking down film and looking at the three other options besides Champ to fill in that number two spot. And those are Kayvon Webster. You know, he's kind of one-handed right now, but he would be the the fit if everyone was healthy. Otherwise, um, Tony Carter and Quentin Jammer. So those three, he broke it down. Talked about who should be, and then he. Floated based on my persistence, actually, that he needed to include Champ Bailey too uh, as an option there. He wasn't really buying it, and he wrote another article about that. Um, I think it's Champ Bailey on the outside. I think it's Dominic Rogers Camardi on the outside, and Champ Bailey on the outside as starters. Champ will play the most snaps, and I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Tony Carter come into the slot. You know,
0: you know who would agree with you, Kyle? Who's that? Is Chris Harris? <laughs> <laughs> you- he was asked on uh, Tuesday night on the Chris Harris show it's on 102 three uh, here in Denver which is the Tom Nayland uh, Gary Miller Nate I can't remember Nate's last name uh, show uh, Chris yep yeah, Nate Craigman sorry Nate um, they asked Chris Harris who, who would you recommend replacing you and he said Tony Carter which we were all kind of like
1: uh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that would be on the outside. Tony Carter would be on the outside in that case. It, it's who replaces Chris Harris. I'm saying Bailey does. And then Tony Carter replaces Bailey. Um, one, one thing I do know – do you want to know one thing I do know about this? What's that? We won't know until game time. John Fox admitted it. He, he said, and even if I did know, I wouldn't tell you yet, speaking to the media. Mm-hmm. So – we can speculate all we like. Oh, I like to speculate. It's fun. Um, but we, we're not going to know for sure. until so it's time for kickoff on the AFC championship game. It may make the most sense to put
0: Tony Carter there. He's got you know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have no film to watch on him hardly at
1: all. Um, but he's rusty. I mean, doesn't that play into it? He, he was inactive. He was a healthy scratch last week. How do you he's, go from healthy scratch to starter with Champ Bailey on your roster?
0: He's arguably the reason we lost to the Patriots last time. I mean, technically, Wes Welker should have called him out away from the area, but the ball did hit Tony Carter before the uh, New England
1: England Patriots – Covered that's, the fumble. And- that's not why he's benched. He's had, he's had some bad games. I mean, oh, no. He, he's, been, he's been benched a couple of times this season. He came back and played some special team stuff, and now he was inactive again. Um, it was a little bit of a surprise to see him inactive for the divisional game. He might have done better than Quentin Jammer, frankly. But uh, I, I think he'll be active this week. I mean, I know he'll be active this week. And yeah. uh, I think he will play some snaps.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I agree. I don't, got- I don't think he goes over Champ Bailey's head, though. I don't think there's any way that happens. But some people do. Chris
0: Harris you does. Got, <laughs> you got uh, got that every receiver in New England is just young and quick. You, um, Aaron Dobson's going to be back. Got Danny Amendola. You have got uh, Kimbley Tompkins on, on again on the outside, and you got Julian Edelman in the middle and Austin Collie. Like that's if they put five receivers on the field,
1: who knows what the hell the Broncos are going to respond with? Did you say Aaron Dobson? Was that the first name you named? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they have a lot of young wide receivers. Dobson's kind of a deep threat. Um, Edelman is the West Welker. Oh, I, I didn't say it of the Patriots offense. <laughs> I mean, but Danny Amendola. had a ton of production. It's been right. uh, wide receiver by committee and by necessity for the Patriots. But they have Tom Brady. They can, they can find an air attack if they want to. If they want to attack the Broncos in the air – Chris Harris is out. It's time to do it. And I think we will not see as um, dedicated a running attack as the Patriots showed last week. For one thing, they're a team that is capable of changing their game plan week to week. Everybody always talks about that. Well, if you're talking about the fact that the Patriots can change their game plan every week, be prepared for them to throw it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you got uh, the, one, the one good thing for the Denver Broncos is that there's nobody named Gronkowski on the other side of the field this, this game. And, and the Broncos themselves have added uh, Julius Thomas, who wasn't available for the previous New England game, which helps out on offense. I think if the Patriots are running the ball, the Broncos are in trouble because that likely means that they're losing. And as it stands right now, and if you take into account all the postseason um, defense, Overall, the Broncos are the number one defense. Granted, they've only played one game, but they are the number one overall defense right now and the number one overall defense against the run as well, which they were pretty good against the run during the regular season. That may have been due to the fact that teams were getting blown out by 45 points. But um, who's to say the Broncos – I I don't know that a team is really – the Broncos have shut down pretty much every great running back – that the NFL has this year, the Sean McCoy. Um I mean, you name him, the Broncos played him. They that that running back likely didn't have a good game against Denver, including Jamal Charles didn't even have that great
1: of games against the Broncos.
0: Jamal Charles got it's- shut down on the goal line. Like that was they've been impressive against the run. And I don't know that the Broncos, the Patriots are gonna the Garrett Blunt probably three of the Garrett Blunt's uh scores came on like less than five yards worth of run. And he oh, yeah, has yeah. won one he would have, I think, had he not broke that he had a 67-yard run in that game, had he not broken that, he probably
1: wouldn't have even hit 100 yards. He would have had four touchdowns, but he wouldn't have had 100 yards. On I, the, broke, uh, I broke down that exact stat on the first look on Mile High Report, or the second look for New England Patriots. I said, who's hot? Look blunt. And I broke down exactly his run. He had a 73-yard run, and he would have had four yards per carry without that giant 73-yard run. That's decent, but it's not amazing. Um, but there's some... You know what? Four yards per carry with three touchdowns, I would take that from a Denver running back any day. He had, <laughs> he had four touchdowns with 6.9 yards per carry, so he was he was pretty dominant. Which matchup, uh, which matchup scares you? Do you know what scares me? It's not a matchup. It's the absence of three players. There's a narrative going around that the Broncos losing Chris Harris hurts them more than Von Miller. I understand that narrative at face value. I thought that at first, too. It became kind of like a contrarian take is Von Miller's. People lost appreciation for Von Miller this season because the Broncos were able to generate a pass rush outside of that, and he was only available for five or six games. But let's go back to that Week 12 Patriots game. Do you know who destroyed Tom Brady? Do you know who recovered a fumble for a touchdown? Yeah, the the Patriot killer. <laughs> Von Miller was everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: And do you know who else was everywhere, all in Tom Brady's face? Uh... Kevin Vickerson. Kevin Bakerson. They're both gone. Do you, do you know who else was all in Tom Brady's face? All up in his face. I don't, I don't know. Derek, Derek Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> yes. I'm very serious right now. Those yeah. are the three biggest contributors to the Broncos. 24-0 lead at halftime, and they're gone. Now, the Broncos can generate pressure. The Broncos can stop the run. But I'm just pointing out the fact that – oh, and the other part of my fact that I forgot to mention is that Chris Harris against the Patriots actually had one of his worst games of the season. Yeah. So people are saying that, oh, Chris Harris is devastating when in actuality, the Patriots found a way to beat him a little bit last time. And it was Von Miller who was destructive against Tom Brady. He's the bigger loss in this game because uh, he's he's just a difference maker. And I would like to see him make a difference in a championship game.
0: I mean, and, I mean, last week the Patriots played the Colts. Colts have one of the best defensive ends of the season and they were able to neutralize him like he wasn't, he wasn't, Stopping the run. <laughs> he, the, Tom Brady did not have a touchdown though, so maybe maybe they they
1: figured out something. Well, Tom Brady had a lot of pressure in his face, and he threw poorly under pressure. That's going to be the key to the game: is um, pressuring Tom Brady, it's going to be you know stopping the run and pressuring Tom Brady. But I'd rather pressure Tom Brady really. And if the Patriots are able to grind it out, they can grind it out. But get after Tom Brady, get him. Um, I think I read, and I did not confirm this, and I don't like repeating stats that I haven't confirmed because there's a lot of bogus stats out there, but this one I want to believe. That Jack Del Rio has never had a defense that registered an interception against Tom Brady. Did you hear that?
0: Sorry, I muted my mic. No, I, I have not heard that. That actually makes sense, though, because Jack Del Rio hasn't had the greatest court, or, like, the greatest—well, no, he's had decent defenses,
1: I guess, but— He played against— he played against Peyton Manning or – yeah, I got confused there. But he, he played against Tom Brady fairly enough I would think. I mean, yeah, I, at least every four years I guess. Um,
0: <laughs> that, that makes sense. I I think there's a couple random things that, that are meshing together um, statistically that you're going to hear probably for the rest of the week is um, – Tom Brady is four zero in playoff games when he has not thrown a touchdown, which again makes sense. I guess if they're if they're winning with the run, the Patriots aren't going to switch, and if they're running the ball, then they're winning. I guess
1: I hate stats. So I, I, you, you name these stats, and I'm going to say fluke or meaningful. Fluke. <laughs>
0: um, uh, Tom Brady's record in Denver. He's, I think. He's zero and one in the playoffs, and I believe he's four and five. Yep. Yeah,
1: we got four and five in the regular or the overall. Um, Meaning, meaningful, and not just because Denver, just because any away statistic is meaningful. It's difficult to play on the road, and so meaningful. <laughs> um, what are the statistics we
0: got? A matchup that I wanted to talk about was was uh, did you get to watch the Colts Patriots game? not in depth yet. So Al- Alfonso Denard the the corner for the Patriots. He had he recorded two um interceptions. Perception. He had he had he would have had the third one. He kind of wrestled it away from his own player and it ended up just falling to the ground, but he almost had three interceptions on Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck's No Eli Manning, but he
1: he's he's I don't I don't know a- if that's a compliment or an insult because <laughs> Eli Manning is so Yo-yo, which that Haley was, Manning are you talking about? That
0: was a that was a backhanded
1: compliment. Uh, uh, I'm just confused, but it's okay. A comp, that was a
0: compulsole, comp- But uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's a guy where you know Peyton Manning does throw interceptions occasionally. He, he's, it's been rare this season. No, I think he only, <laughs> think he only threw ten or twelve. You take times. that back. <laughs> this guy, um, uh, he's just. That's the matchup that scares me. I don't, and I don't imagine that you put him on Demaryius Thomas.
1: Have, didn't he have like one interception all year? Yeah, the regular yeah. season he had one re- interception all year in the regular season. I think, and he had two in one game. He had a good game. That's that's fine. He's he's the Quentin
0: Carter of uh, the New England Patriots. Shows up in the shows up in the postseason and shows up heavily. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's five ten. He's not covering
1: Demaryius Thomas. I imagine him. Possibly covering the will go against Demaris Thomas again. And that's what I put as my matchup to watch. You and I don't think you even read my post, but you and I on the same wavelength here, and we talked about the three people I wanted to talk about garrett Blunt, Tom Brady, and our wide receivers versus their cornerbacks. I think the Patriots are built to keep the Broncos having to focus on Julius Thomas and Wes Welker a little bit more. And I'm just fine with that. This Broncos team is loaded. Yeah, yeah. When
0: and uh, they they're not going to be prepared for they're going to be prepared for Julius Thomas. They're going to be prepared for everything. Last time we played them, NoShawn Moreno had two hundred and twelve yards on on the ground, not including his
1: twenty something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not in, not including his receptions. Um, again, you know, if we're if we're running Sean Moreno, we're probably winning the game.
1: But uh, uh, we'll take deep shots too. I mean, we're going to take deep shots against the secondary because T.Y. Hilton got past them. Mm-hmm.
0: We have uh, as it stands right now, we're looking at a little bit of wind, but uh, a 58, 58 degrees at kickoff um, with a low of 53. So it's going to be, I don't, it's not even football weather. It's <laughs> this is a <laughs> late September weather. weather. Yeah. It's baseball amazing. weather. Uh,
1: uh, and that's great. It's 50 degrees warmer than the last time these two teams played 50 degrees warmer. It's remarkable. And the crowd cannot be
0: any more energized than it was last week, you know, maybe, possibly a little bit more. But <laughs> the, the um, I don't know if you heard about the Seahawks not selling tickets to people with California addresses. Well, the Broncos have always done that. In the Broncos, Broncos are doing the exact same thing. they just not making a story out of it. But yeah, it's it's going to be a home crowd for sure. And if a Patriots fan is there. Could probably bet your
1: bottom dollar that they had to pay a thousand dollars a ticket to get there. Well, the reason that was a story was because the Niners are so close in proximity. I mean, they're it's California and it's Seattle, Washington, it's West Coast, they're right there. I think normally the Seahawks probably allowed California residents to purchase playoff tickets, and it was this game they said, Nope, no California residents are buying tickets to our game, they don't need them. So it's, it's Fans got so up in arms about that. So some fans did. And Broncos fans did too. They're just like outraged. And I just pause and think, you know, it's not a right from the constitution that you can buy any ticket you want. There's a demand <laughs> to this. This is a product. And there's only – there's a limited supply to this product. And if the Broncos choose to only sell it to people local to them because it improves their product, well, that's that's their prerogative. Anyway.
0: Can you imagine a scenario in which the Denver Broncos lose on Sunday?
1: I'm sorry, I did not hear your question. I blacked out for a second there. What did you just say? <laughs> Can you imagine
0: a scenario in which the Denver Broncos lose on Sunday?
1: Wow, I've lost you again. I just, have uh, got. You,
0: um, okay, I'm at the, I think the general fan. <laughs> are we losing you again? No, no. I, I'm being sarcastic. I hear you. Okay. I'm just <laughs> Jokes
1: are never think, as funny. You have to explain them.
0: Damn. Or when we can't see each other. We can't. Yeah, we can't see them. We can't see him on a camera like we normally can. Um, yeah, I, I can imagine feeling- a lot of
1: situations. I can imagine a yeah. lot of situations. Here's the stat that's meaningful. You want to hear the stat that is meaningful? Yes. I think it's six of the last seven of these matchups between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have come down to seven points or less. Six of the last seven. Every, game, every time these guys play, it is a coin flip. It's going to be a close game. When you know you're going to enter a close game, you have to be prepared to lose. I mean, you, you do. You just have to be like, this is going to be an awesome game. We are so lucky to be part of it. We're so lucky we got Peyton Manning, and I'm so grateful that he's here, and I want to win so badly. But, man, if we lose, it's just going to be, you know, it's two great quarterbacks. What the heck are you going to do?
0: Yeah, this That's, is the actual, people are right. calling this one the actual Super Bowl. and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the actual Super Bowl, I think, would be, Peyton Manning's offense going up against one of those story defenses. But we'll see because um, the Patriots have already played the Seahawks and the 49ers this season. Like who wants a repeat of that? Those weren't, those weren't good games. We're going to go to the AFC championship game and we want to see the Denver Broncos versus the Seattle Seahawks or San Francisco 49ers and, and Jim Harbaugh, the, 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 the coach that wouldn't even come to Denver for an interview because I don't know that the Broncos wanted to match his paycheck but um, we can make a story out of that next week,
1: hopefully. <laughs> well, this is my preseason pick: was Broncos over Forty Nine ers in the Super Bowl? So, I and know who I'm rooting for, just so I can say I was right. And but around, yeah, exactly like
0: around week ten, probably people were probably like, yeah, the Forty Nine ers aren't making the Super Bowl, right? But they did, and and that was more like week five. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember making. Uh, we were getting trolled. We were getting trolled on Twitter by someone who was telling us how. Um, how Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick was so much better than Peyton Manning. We were all like, by week five, we were like, yeah, shut your mouth. But <laughs> it was just before the season. And then all of a sudden, Peyton Manning breaks the single game or ties the single game touchdown record, um, which isn't really that impressive now that Nick Foles has done it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it still no, what, a sound, what a bastard. <laughs> Nick Foles... He might break the touchdown record next year. I mean, Peyton Manning said this record's not going to stand. And even though Peyton Manning broke it by four touchdowns and that makes it seem like it's a little safer, it's not Nick Foles or, I mean, if, if he can continue at the level he has. He continued at that level all season. He did. He continued on pace with Peyton Manning all season. He finished with a higher passer rating than Peyton Manning for his half season. So he or Tom Brady... Or who knows, Philip Rivers? Oh God, I just got sick a little bit.
0: But, I'll go with the Andrew Luck.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I got sick again. <laughs> Anybody who beats us is just. Uh, rah, rah, rah.
0: Are you? Are you? Were you looking to play? Were you? How am I going to phrase this? Did you want to play the Patriots or did you want to play the Colts?
1: I didn't care. I was so focused on winning this playoff game. I really did not care. Either way, it was going to be a great storyline. It was going to be a great matchup, and it was going to be potential for revenge. I would have, I would have felt more confident playing the Colts than I do the Patriots. Yeah, I, I, would, have think, I would have thought the Broncos could beat the Colts by ten points, but that's sure. not the matchup we got. And I'm excited to be in the championship game. I think the Broncos will win. I think I'm ready to prepare for a reality where they don't, but I think the Broncos will win.
0: I think yeah, I can't imagine a more. I can't imagine a more entertaining scenario than what has gone on this season for the Broncos in the playoffs. They, I wanted them to pull the Chargers. They pulled the Chargers. I wanted them to pull the Patriots because it's it's Brady versus Manning again. And then next week, hopefully, or two weeks from now, hopefully it's Manning versus the Seattle Seahawks or Manning versus San Francisco. I mean, any one of those storylines is, is just a good, good storyline. It doesn't make sense for,
1: for the Patriots to even be in the Super Bowl.
0: They've already played this game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, and your uh, drama background are all about the storylines. It's, it's going to be whoever, whichever team is best. That's the way it goes. I love it. <laughs> whichever you know, team, that reason.
0: whichever team has the most points at the end of the game is going to be the team that wins.
1: Thank you, John Madden. Oh. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, hey, the, the, this game is in Denver. Let's, let's appreciate that because the Broncos have drawn the Patriots in New England three years in a row. Good lord! Yeah. And they, then next year, our they- house. Get loud! Mile High, get so damn loud. I mean it. I want everyone that stands to not have a voice for two days after this game. Make it the loudest environment Tom Brady has ever played in. I'm yeah. Begging you. Yeah. And if you want me to call you, and I'll go on speakerphone on your phone, everyone, and I will just <laughs> shout into my phone, add to the volume, get loud, Mile High. <laughs> Do it, Broncos country. I'm so serious. Make make it just terrible for the Patriots. You guys did an amazing job against the Chargers, and I going to repeat yeah. that or even improve upon it this time. Yeah, 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 you're
0: right. It was it was the I think the loudest crowd at Invesco or excuse me, Sports Authority Field um, that I've witnessed. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't, I don't know. Do you want to predict the scores here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm predicting.
1: <laughs> you're predicting a seven point game? No. No. I'm predicting okay. a final score of 34-31 Broncos. Mm. And for those who know how the last game ended, the final score was 34-31 <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> I want some poetic justice, yep, want- Boston bastards. I think,
0: I think it's the offense that wins this game. It won't be, it won't be the defense scoring points. It'll be, it'll be Peyton Manning throwing three touchdowns and the Broncos running for another three, and hopefully not having to settle her field goals everywhere. So what does that make my score? 42, and I think that the Patriots can probably get 28 out of it. Who 42-28, Denver Broncos. What about you, Jan? What do you got? Jan's alive. Jan's <laughs> Jan is alive. Give us a score prediction, Jan. I got Broncos 42, Patriots 38 in double overtime.
1: Double overtime. How do you win with by four points in double overtime?
0: Your yeah. makes no sense. you got to make up some rules as you go. <laughs> you could, well, you could get a field. No, you can't. You could can get a field. <laughs> get two safeties to win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do – okay. So, Jan's yeah, got his score, too, in double, if, if it Actually, goes a double overtime.
1: Actually, that is possible. It could be two scores. No, that's not possible. You get a
0: field goal on the first
1: drive. This has to be possible down. because if they get a safety on the first drive – I think that ends. Game, yeah, it's game, it, yeah, it's not possible. Yeah, it's not possible. But that's that's so, that's cute, cute young
0: You could do a four-point game in a single overtime. It would be Patriots scoring, Broncos scoring a touchdown, or Patriots field goal, Broncos scoring a touchdown. that, well, it that would, is it, true.
1: that's yeah. totally it, possible.
0: No double overtime on that one. No, just a single overtime. <laughs> but yeah, if if it goes to double overtime, we're gonna need fifty thousand defibrillators. Good are those call. That's my brain. All right. we, we we're gonna have a heart attack if this game goes to double overtime. I I will not make it. My heart's not that strong.
1: Yeah, your your uh, cat's gonna need a defibrillator right now. It sounds <laughs> she's, like Who, she's getting loud for you. She's getting who's who's strangling the cat? Jeez, be nice. <laughs> she wants in. She needs in. So I've uh, got I've got a three point win. Jan's got a four point win. Ian's you know in Colorado, so he's high on the Broncos and he's got his 14, <laughs> 14 point win and,
0: uh, a 14 point win and a lot of money for whoever that's <laughs> <bets> this game <laughs> the, the, the Patriots will not cover wow okay. alright guys uh, thank you for joining us on this CJ Anderson edition of MHR Radio Podcast and we'll see you next week for the Well, we won't have any Broncos in the Pro Bowl, unfortunately. But we're going to have a fun show. To the Super Bowl! (laughs) Good night. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye.